Welcome everyone to the gaming couch. Be it video games, card games, or board games, we'll have a good time playing. So come and join me on the couch. This is your host, Smart Boy. You know, I should do. I think it'd be good to formally announce that, as much as I call this thing the gaming couch, I always record at a computer desk in a chair. But recently, with the move of trying a different place for recording just in my apartment, I know really I sit on a couch while I record. So I can happily say that, yes, it's actually a legit gaming couch now, and I'm legitly recording on it. So I feel good about that. Other news. I know this past week I mentioned I might try something new. I did that last episode. I mentioned that. Uh, just kind of like trying it around a little bit and seeing if it would work. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be good. Uh, personally, I didn't want to post it up and all that kind of stuff. It's don't get me wrong. For against darkness, being a very simple solitaire pen paper game, essentially, is not bad. It it has its enjoyable merits to it. I just couldn't find the right flow for it in doing an episode of just like kind of narrating the events that happen while I'm playing and stuff like that. It just rubbed me the wrong way, not the kind of content I was looking for. So I figured just toss that out. Yeah, I'll still experiment here and there, see if there's other things I'll do besides just these Sunday episodes. But for now, just sticking with normal stuff. Going forward, future news. I want to I, I do this. Kind of looking more just news for now, looking at the future, and just kind of throwing my hat in there in terms of opinion. Because I feel like before, the talk's always been about, you know, my opinion, yes, but also how games are shaped on certain elements or define certain elements, things like that. And now I want to just kind of look more at pure opinion base, a base just like what I think with what just got released, just as a general thing. Because I know Hollow Knight Silk Song, the sequel's coming out at some point. We don't have a release date yet, but we have a trailer. The Steam page is official for it. You can check it out on Steam and things like that. So it's coming. It's coming. And I'm excited for it. And... I kind of got on the bandwagon of it recently because I started playing Hollow Knight again, like I mentioned two weeks ago. And as I was playing, I discovered Silk Song's going to be a thing. So I'm like, now nah, I really got to play Hollow Knight and get through it. And there's a guy by the name of Sunburn Albino. He's a YouTuber. I love him. I think he's pretty hilarious. And I've been watching his Let's Play of Hollow Knight. So I got a lot of Hollow Knight hype going on. And with that, I kind of went back and I was looking at, I was curious, I was looking at you know, the top 10 rankings, boss rankings, you know, those kind of things that people rank the bosses. Because this is a kind of game where a big element of it, I feel, is the boss fights. It's equal platforming and equal boss fighting. So seeing where people stand with the boss fights, I was curious. And there's some general consensus on everything, like Nightmare King Grim. A lot of us agree. He's, like, the hardest. I personally don't think he's the hardest, but he's definitely up there. Like, top three is Nightmare King Grim. And this is, you know, I was watching these videos. This is why I want to get more into focusing on Silk Song when it comes out. A lot of people that I was, I was like reading YouTube comments because I'm that crazy. And I was just watching like multiple videos of, by different people. And everyone seems to agree that the Watcher Knight is incredibly hard. Like top five, top four hardest bosses in Hollow Knight. And it blew my freaking mind that people thought that. Simply because I feel, for those of you who played Hollow Knight, I mean, whatever you think is what you think, but for those of you who played Hollow Knight, you might understand what I'm getting at here. I feel that Watcher Knight is just a modified Mantis Lord. The beginning of the fight, you're against one person. 
one Mantis, one Knight. After you beat the one, you're now up against two. Now with Mantis Lord, it's the two, you fight the two, and then it's done. But Watcher Knight, it's, you keep fighting two, there's six all together, so you keep fighting duos until you're down to just one again. So it's a little longer. Okay. And then with that, they both only have three moves. When you look at Mantis Lords, they cling to the wall and throw this kind of like boomerang spinny disc attack. They land on one side of the unit and dash across the other and then jump up. Or they go right above you and strike downward. Three attacks, that's it. With Watcher Knight, it's turn into a ball and roll across the screen, turn into a ball and bounce, aiming for the knight, and then if you know the player moves, they miss you, so all they have to do is just walk away from your current position. And then the last one is a pretty slow, but you know, has some reach to it, swing across, swing down, like a horizontal vertical swing attack. Yet everyone thinks, at least the majority of people that I, I was watching videos for and comments I was watching, believed this guy was incredibly hard. I'm like, how? You, you don't think Mantis Lord is that hard? I think Mantis Lords would be harder simply because you have a chance to fight them earlier in the game than Watcher Knight. Like, I fought Mantis Lords my third boss, as I mentioned before. So you have a earlier chance of fighting them, meaning you have less tools at your disposal. And also, the Mantis Lords has a shorter arena with splanking spike pits. So you have a chance of the environment just hurting you. When you fight the Watcher Knight, it's this very lengthy corridor, corridor and there's no environmental hazards. So that kind of just, like, blew my mind. And this is why, as Silk Song's coming out, I, I kind of want to ride those coattails. You know, I've always done things talking about games of the past, different elements, you know, stuff like that. Just like, kind of like history stuff. But now I think it's time to get a little more modern and get a little more on top of the news. For that reason, because I see these kind of things, and I want to get my opinion out there while it's still relevant. And, I mean, in terms of Hollow Knight, it's not, like, super-duper extra-relevant, but... I didn't miss it by that much. Like, I missed it, yeah, by about a year or so with the newest DLC. I can't check, I didn't check exact dates. So, a year to two years, roughly, I missed. But, you know, the Dark Souls commentary I did. I know I did the Crash Bandicoot stuff when that got released, but that was with the PC port of Insane Trilogy. So that was a year late. And then most of the other games I talk about, you know, I've talked about Dragon Age Origins a lot, talked about Fury, games that are, you know, three plus years old. It's about time I, I I change focus, honestly. And this kind of ties into just me watching everything. In well, not everything, but watching kind of like more indie games. You know, Team Cherry with Silk Song coming out, which is going to be amazing. I really hope I'll talk about that in a minute. You know, I'm also looking at Swim Sandy's beta. They call it a closed beta, but that's more because the guys are wanting to keep a closer eye on it, like with the servers and shit. You know, I'm in the Discord chat for that and that's coming out this thursday i'm really excited for that uh, i've been i'm not as a fa much of a fan of it anymore just with like the changes has happened but i've still been active and somewhat active in the community for the last hex made by that indie studio so that's what i'm saying like as these games come out i want to be with them and following along especially since i've had some experience with some of these games going through just like beta and stuff like that same thing with slay the spire but again i kind of missed the bandwagon on that because that got released and then i started doing podcasting so Predictions. I don't know. We'll call it predictions. We'll call it hopes. We'll call it whatever the hell you want for Silk Song. All right. I watched the trailer. And that's all I watched. Like a lot. There were not a lot, a lot, but there were plenty of, you know, reviews and stuff like that. Like people trying to dissect the trailer or just talk about what they think based on what they saw, concept art, stuff like that. And all I did was just watch the base trailer. 
and from what I've seen from the basic trailer from Team Cherry, it's like a minute and a half trailer, or whatever, for Silk Song. It honestly, it just looks like Hollow Knight two, and that's what I'm really happy about. Obviously, you play as Hornet instead of the Hollow Knight, and in terms of timeline, I'm not sure because again, I haven't done any research on it. I just watched the trailer, and I know that it exists on Steam. That's all I know. Putting that, make that very clear. So I don't know the timeline. Is this supposed to happen after the events of Hollow Knight? Or is this the events before Hollow Knight where Hornet is training and gaining skills and looking to return to Hollow Knight? Because I know I know in the trailer he mentioned something about like ascending to some great city or something like that. So like as a timeline, I'm not sure. Obviously, it exists somehow in the Hollow Knight, Hollow Nest timeline, you know, the whole universe. So I'm not sure about positioning, but I'm not worried about that right now. Because the game, just from what they're showing, like I said, it feels like a Hollow Knight too. From what it looks like, the UI is very similar. You got your health up at the top with your soul gauge and everything. The screen's clear of anything else, so it's just you interacting with the world. It has platform again. It looks like Hornet controls the same exact way. It's pretty light. Like when In Hollow Knight, I sometimes I forget how high you can really jump. Like, majority of the shockwaves that enemies do, including Grey Prince Zote and the cocksucker he is, you could jump their shockwaves with a single jump if you do the full jump. So it looks like Hornet has about the same floatiness as Hollow Knight, which is nice, because you don't have to, like, readjust for that. And then, of course, since they've already played around with Hollow Knight and they had some experience with it, they've done more. You know, like, when you fight Hornet the second time at Kingdom's Edge... She lays out these spike traps out halfway through the fight. You know, she goes into like a phase two kind of thing. And we'll throw out these little spiky spike ball trap things on wires. And you have to hit them to get rid of them. Well, in the trailer, I saw that being used. Memory serves, right? I saw that being used. And then there were some like other trinkets she used. So she, instead of charms, at least from what it looks like, instead of being more focused with spells and supported by charms, she's more of a tinkerer type of person, like setting traps, using tools, stuff like that. I, I'm i not entirely sure if charms are still a thing in the game, but it seems she's more about equipment than just the basic, I put this pin on my chest kind of thing. Because I saw that when they brought up the pause menu, you actually had a couple different things going on. A look of, obviously, her weapon, and then it looked like there was some additional equipment you could put on. Like, it's similar to charms, but focus more on actual tools you could use in combat, and a couple other bits and doodads and stuff like that. I didn't pause to dissect this. Honestly, I just wanted to talk a little bit about generally what I saw. Outside of that, of just Hornet's gameplay being a little bit more complex. I'll call it complex than the, the knight in Hollow Knight. There's obviously the NPCs are coming back, and it seems like they've developed it even further. Now, Hollow Knight worked very well. I talked about it. Hollow Knight worked very well with its NPCs. You had a few bugs kind of scattered around that had their own personal story. They had a reason for being there, and you actually learned about it pretty easily. Like, they would just kind of show up, and you could talk to them, and all of them had a pretty solid conclusion, and majority of them ended up in their death. Like, Zote ends up disappearing. I know Mila... You could kill her because she eventually goes crazy, you know, goes all insane and crazy from the crystals at Crystal Peak. Quirrell disappears. Like, you see him by the Blue Lake after his quest is complete. And then you leave the Blue Lake and you come back and you see his sword still there, but he's gone. So either he 
went off to die in the ruins of Hollow Nest, or he left and he's no longer a warrior. We're not sure. If you go through with Clossing, she ends up getting killed as she takes down Lord. if you follow up with that whole thing. So there's a lot of kind of like, not heartbreaking fully, but kind of like sad endings. Like, you know, Cloth, when she dies and she speaks as her ghost saying, you know, oh, that was a great battle. Um, it's time to move on. Like, she's she's okay with it, but still it's like, oh, why'd she have to die? It seems like Silk Song, they're bringing back NPCs like that, obviously, that still have a major impact on things. And also they show, they talked about towns. Like, towns are actually a thing. You know, you had Dirtmouth in the first game. And with the exception of, like, a couple extra NPCs that showed up, and then if you did the Grim Trope, they did, they had their own little separate thing to the side of Dirtmouth. Nothing really happened there outside of two vendors, the station, and then one or two NPCs would, you know, show up at Dirtmouth. That's really it. But now it looks like they have a full-fledged town. Like, there's actually a guy you can go and talk to to buy equipment. There's this guy and that guy. Like, the main... It, the the town that they showed looked kind of like... Honestly, it, it felt kind of like that Tinkerer's steampunk style. It had a lot of browns mixed in and wood and rock. It had that really kind of bright, colorful feel to it. It wasn't dark and dim like Dirtmouth. So it had that aesthetic appeal of that industrious style. And in just a few seconds, they showed off Hornet walking by. There was at least three or four NPCs right there, like out in the open outside of the buildings. So now I'm excited to see, oh, there's something else to work with, which is why I'm really curious. Where does this fall in the story of Hollow Knight? Is it happening after the events of Hollow Knight or are they prior Obviously, it doesn't take place in Hollowness. It's too bright and colorful, and with the amount of NPCs in the village, it's definitely somewhere else. So I'm excited to see what it is they've developed for Hornet. With this, she's on a quest. She's obviously on some sort of quest, going to some special sacred city, something or another like that. But how? Like, it, there's not a lot of talk about. But I'm just like really intrigued. Like, how is she doing it, and what? What does it all mean? What do all these NPCs mean for her? What does it mean for us as the players? And what does it mean for these different villages? Because it said, it said towns. If I remember correctly, it said towns with an S, plural S. So are there multiple locations you can go to? And with that now, are we getting a little bit more of an RPG, you know, style here? Hollow Knight, like I said, it had the charms. The charms allowed you to have different loadouts for a different play style and also kind of adapt them for the bosses. I know when I played through Hollow Knight, for a long time, after I got Quick Focus, I ran with Quick Focus because it worked very well when engaging in, bo- in boss fights, especially some boss fights that, like, Nosk is out of the way. And if you die to him, it sucks because you got to get, get a hike to get back to him. So Quick Focus was great for getting some quick heals in against bosses. But then later, I actually dropped it when I realized there were some bosses that were just a little too fast. Also, I had a lot of upgrades, so I felt I could go through it. And then I was doing a lot of the Pantheon fights. I was like, look, if I'm doing a Pantheon fight, I can heal when the boss is going through a death animation for the next fight, so I'll just heal up then. Now, with Silk Song, are they going to go further with that? With the, the tools and trinkets and stuff like that, all this little tinkering stuff going on, it would appear with the traps and shit. Are you going to be able to upgrade them? And with upgrading them, is it less of a style like Hollow Knight where doing 100% completion or the 112% completion with all the DLC simply means everything's upgraded. And is this more of a, you know, instead of having six things of pale ore to upgrade your nails to the pure nail in Hollow Knight, is it going to be like 
let's just say, six pale ore, but you only can upgrade three or four of your tools to their max potential on six pale ore. So are they limiting us in what we have to upgrade everything? Therefore, each playthrough, we can do something a little bit different, giving that RPG style. Like, I build Hornet more aggressive with her needle or more aggressive with her tools, and she's a defense player. Like, what can we do? So I'll, I would be okay with that if it didn't take over the game. I still want Silk Song to be Hollow Knight 2. I still want it to be core platforming mechanics, and solid boss fights. Like that's I think that's what made Hollow Knight great. Second to that were the NPCs, because there weren't a lot, but they, the few they had worked very well. So I think at the core of Hollow Knight, it was great platforming and then the great boss fights, because they released God Home with the Pantheon fights and the boss rush, which was amazing. I want that back in Silk Song. I'm not saying give us a Pantheons again, it'd be amazing if they did. I just want to ensure that they don't get lost in possibly doing more customizable RPG styles in building Hornet. And at the end, they still keep strong boss fights and good platforming because that was another thing i was noticing just looking at these opinions of these different youtube videos and the comments and stuff like that the main part of a metroidvania style game like hollow knights metroid obviously castlevania where the the series came from this type of genre came from you can fight the bosses in almost any order which is why people get very heated in discussions about the bosses and why i'm like everyone's saying watcher knights hard but it's just an upgraded mantis lord and when you fight Mantislord, you have, like, next to nothing. Some people found Mantislord very easy because they had pretty much everything already because they went back to him very late in the game after everything was upgraded. Or you're the kind of guy that rushes right to the final boss, Hollow Knight. As soon as you can, you have barely any upgrades. So, as you can see, the way bosses are challenging is all based on when do you encounter them. I heard stories about people fighting the brutaling Moloch in the Forgotten Crossroads as, like, the first or second boss, and had an abysmal time with it. And I remember when I fought him, I was about halfway through the game, and I had Dash, and I had a couple of good tools available to me, and he still gave me a hard time, so I can't imagine fighting him with nothing. Keep that in. Like, if you make it more of kind of a customizable RPG style, there's going to be a little more linearity to it, because you're getting stronger over time, and therefore the challenge might be geared towards that more. If you keep it just the Metroidvania purity of just platforming with good bosses thrown in there yes you have upgrades but still the bosses have this very interesting dynamic because at the end these kind of games while i love them the boss is only hard to you personally because feasibly with a couple exceptions in hollow knight every boss is beatable with a with no upgrades like just a pure just beginning game player with no upgrades could theoretically beat any boss in the game because they don't need any special upgrades no boss requires in terms of their actual fight a specific upgrade to fight them to get to them is different to get to the hollow knight you have to take care of the three dreamers to get to traitor lord you need the shade cloak to get through the barrier to get to i don't know mantis lords you do need the mantis cloak because you have to wall jump on a few things to hit a switch that opens up the, the platform down to them. So to get to the bosses requires certain things. In terms of just fighting them, it doesn't require anything special. So again, it's I feel for these bosses, it's more just you as a player with your skill. Because me, fuck me, and I know a couple people agree with this, Grey Prince Zote. I'll gladly fight Radiance, the Pure Vessel, 
Hollow Knight, uh, Nightmare King Grim. All the bosses that are considered like, the hardest bosses in the game. Uh, definitely like Absolute Radiance, Nightmare King Grim, and who's the third one I can throw in there? Pure Vessel. Like the three theoretically hardest bosses in the game because they're all like endgame stuff, right? I would gladly fight any of them or even all three of them in a row any day. Instead of Grey Prince Zote, because whatever, like, Grey Prince Zote, since he doesn't know how to fight because he's a fucking idiot, I I suck at fighting him. And I know some people think, you know, they fought him, they did the the whole 10 run, because he's the kind of guy that every time you beat him, he gets stronger. They they fought the 10th level Grey Prince Zote and beat him. And I'm like, God bless you, I'm not going to even bother trying to do that. Like, I like challenges, but Zote is just too much for me, and I hate it. Silk Song, give us that. Give us those bosses that some of us will say... The fuck's wrong with you? They're the easiest thing in the world. And others will be like, what's wrong with you? It's god-awful hard. I hate it. I like that. I like that diversity. And that's why I like seeing boss-ranking videos for these kind of games that you're able to take on the bosses in various orders. Because, again, the opinion. I'm curious of people's opinions as long as it's backed up. Like, there's one guy I watched. All right? I watched his video. And his ranking was completely different than Sunburn Albino's ranking, which, again, I, I enjoy looking at that kind of stuff. But his arguments made, made no sense. It was just like, yeah, just fuck him. This guy's hard. Why? Like, I want to know why. I'm always curious about the why. Tell me what is the struggle, what is the problem, et cetera, et cetera. Give me that information. Because I could still think that Watcher Knights are fucking pushover. They are. All right? If you're asking pure opinion and you're a person who's played Hollow Knight and you think – Watcher Knight is hard. I okay, cool. I think they're a goddamn pushover. Me, I'm good with watching multiple things. If I have to fight multiple people, I that is a thrill for me, and I excel at it. Like Nightmare King Grim took me a few tries to take him down. Watcher Knights, I walked in, killed him on my first try. Mantis Lords killed him on my second try. I love multiple boss fights. Hell, there's one thing I'll always say about Dark Souls, Orenstein and Smog. I think they got a little too much hype, but they are definitely like my favorite. They are one of my favorite boss fights in that game. I I think they're very well made in terms of one v two fighting. And then I talk about then four kings comes in, and they're a terrible example of how to fight multiple people. For the most part, I like bosses that have multiple elements that have multiple people involved. So I like to see when people talk about why was Mantis Lord easy and why was Watcher Knight hard. Okay, why? Tell, tell me why, because I don't see much of a difference. So give us, give us, give us that in Silk Song, Team Jerry. Give us that opportunity to have that debate over your bosses, especially the final boss. Radiance technically is the final boss. If you get the right tools and you go for that pure completionist route of 100 or 112%, you will fight Radiance if you so choose. They give you the opportunity to do that. Technically, Radiance is the final, final boss. Hollow Knight, he, you know, it's one of those things. He's like final boss, then final, final boss is Radiance. So if we're looking just at Hollow Knight, it's very similar to how Ganon is set up in Breath of the Wild. You can fight the guy right out the gate. You know, in, in Breath of the Wild, as soon as you get off the plateau, you can go straight to Hyrule Castle and fight Ganon. You could do that. It's going to be a god-awful time, and you're going to hate yourself because it's going to be a lot going on in there with all the shit you have to do to fight Ganon. In terms of the Hollow Knight, he doesn't have as many phases or as much going on as Ganon does in Breath of the Wild. However, you still have that handicap, handicap of you won't have the Shade Cloak because it's not mandatory. So you won't have that. 
a majority of the charms you won't have because you're not going to bother going out and getting all the charm notches. You're not going to bother finding Quick Slash or if you want to use it, High Blood and all that kind of stuff, Junie's Blessing. You're not going to bother getting all that stuff that could be worked into a viable build. You're not going to have the nail upgrades. You didn't bother going to the Coliseum of Fools and getting that extra pale ore or taking on the Moloch's deep within the ancient basin and stuff like that or going up to the top of Crystal Peak and snabbing the pale ore up there. So you don't have the upgrades going for you. It's going to be a hard time. Like Considering Pure Vessel at the end of the Pantheons is the Hollow Knight pretty much without corruption, like being his pure self at the peak of his performance, even with everything, it took me a couple tries to get through him. Like, he's a tough fight. And then fighting him just one-on-one in the Hall of Gods, it's still a bit of a rush. Like, there's still a lot I have to focus on to beat him and not pull my hair out. Yet the Hollow Knight, with all these upgrades I have, when I I fought him, I just just bullied the guy. I I didn't really care. I just ran out of him swinging wildly. It was really easy compared to Pure Vessel. That's the thing. If you decide to take on Hollow Knight at the very end of the game, it's fucking pushover. I like that, though. And same thing with Ganon in Breath of the Wild. If you decide to do everything in the game before you fight him, he's a pushover. He he really is. I kind of like that because now like, I'm going to play Hollow Knight again, and I'm not going to go for a completionist route. I want to go for – I want to do the Steel Soul mode, and I want to do – I wouldn't say, like, bare minimum, but I want to do a very basic run, like kind of like a blind run. Like, let's say it's the first time you're playing Hollow Knight and you're not looking up any guides. You don't care about the achievements. Like, the thing was, I really wanted that 112% because I was really into the game. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm already this invested. Let me make sure I get 112%. That's why I went for it. But imagine I'm going to go through and not be that achievement guy. My first time playing, I want to experience the game. I'm just going to beat it when I can. That's the kind of thing. So, like, I won't have all the charms. I probably won't have all the upgrades or all the spells, even though I know where they are. And then I want to see how Hollow Knight is. Then I want to see how is the final boss without going full guns blazing. Give us again that in Silk Song. That is, it's a very hard thing to find. Because bosses and games in general, especially late game material, that balance is really important. How do you ensure that the player is still challenged so late in the game. And that's what makes linear games that have a linear uh, progression, most RPGs in that sense, how do you keep it where the player is always engaged and always being challenged? Because regardless of what they do, especially in an RPG where you can build your own character, how do you ensure that the penultimate boss is a challenge for any play without being too much of a challenge? Like obviously there'll be some builds that are easier than others, but you still want an overall challenge. So in Silk Song, keep the that sense of Metroidvania that Hollow Knight had, keep that alive. Don't give us this linear RPG build style where it ends up being the final boss is like the hardest boss. Like I'm happy that Hollow Knight, the Hollow Knight, isn't the hardest boss. Because if you want that challenge, you go to the fucking Pantheons, you go to Godholm, you take on Pure Vessel. You decide to hunt down Nightmare King Grimm and take him on. You go through the god-awfulness that is the Pantheon of Hollowness and take on Absolute Radiance at the end of all the bosses. If you want that challenge, you can go for it. If you don't want that challenge, you don't. And then you just fight Hollow Knight, and that's that. Or you just, like I said, you do a very basic build and take him on. Give us, give us that in Silk Song. Like It looks like Silk Song is going to be Hollow Knight 2. Keep it that way. Ensure that it has everything that Hollow Knight had is 
there. We have a different character, so it'll definitely be new enough to be enjoyable. And the fact that Hornet has those tools or whatever you want to call them gives us a fresh breath of fresh air. And also, I think this is Team Cherry's second game. Not, I don't know if Hollow Knight... No, Hollow Knight wasn't their first, first game. I know they had a game before that. I saw that on the wiki. Still, though, they've had some experience, so now they know what people liked in Hollow Knight. Just stick with that. I feel like a lot of times developers try to experiment a little too much with their series or just they experiment too much in making a new game that they lose what they're good at. And what Team Cherry was good at, Team Cherry was good at making a Metroidvania-style game with fun boss fights and a great atmosphere and sense of exploration. I never felt bored backtracking in Hollow Knight. Yes, having the Dream Gate was great, and being able to fast travel to a specific point was fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but when I had to go back and find all the grubs, I'm like, okay, let me just, where's the closest point I can get to? And then I'll walk there. I didn't care. Keep that. You're really good at doing that, Team Cherry. You're really good at giving us that sense of exploration and atmosphere that you need in a Metroidvania game. And you had really fun boss fights. Majority of the boss fights outside of Grey Prince Zote, I enjoyed all the boss fights. Some of them I enjoyed more than others. Some of them I found easier than others. But at the end, I was happy with all of them. And that's why I was so content going through the Pantheons time and time again to beat fucking Pure Vessel at the very end of them. And why, as much as I kind of put a pin in it, I'm going to revisit it later. So I have no problem going through Pantheon of Hollowness so many times because I enjoy the fights and Pantheon of Hollowness is a really big challenge for me so I'm loving it give us that keep keep that in Silk Song keep that spirit alive keep Hollow Knight alive in Silk Song so yeah that's that's my hopes I want to do a little more of this and give you like a little more update like when Silk Song comes out I'm going to play it and I want to do an episode on it I want to try this out for now you know see kind of where that goes in terms of content and if i enjoy doing it more i want to stick with it uh so yeah pretty much and yeah i I know i don't have youtube or twitter or anything like that listen i'm a very minimalist style person so in terms of like social media i don't even have a goddamn smartphone i got my laptop i got another laptop for gaming my phone's very basic just for texting so like i really don't have much in the way of twitter or anything like that i think i might start exploring that in a couple weeks but not right now. I'm fine not having it. So the only way to really contact me, again, it's the email that I have. I think it's posted on my profile on Anchor, like my whole podcast profile. But I'll state it here again in case anyone has been interested in reaching out to me and I just don't have it posted for some dumb reason. It's just gamingcouchpodcast at gmail.com. Again, gamingcouchpodcast at gmail.com shoot me something shoot me messages like i know i got a couple people that watch every week and i'm happy with that and i'm sure you got ideas i'm sure there's something in your head shoot please shoot me an email i like to see what people also say about games coming out what they're thinking you know and also that gives me that gives me content i like when people give me stuff to work with like i play D with my players and i tell my players give me backstories give me questions like feed me content to work with same thing with this i'll happily talk about it. anything that people send me i'll I have to do some research, I do some research, but I'll, I'm fine with that. Give me something to talk about. So let's stay modern. Let's let's try it. This will be a new season, modern gaming. Let's see where it brings us, see if we enjoy it. And yeah, that'll be that. So enjoy. I'm going to give you any updates I see on Silk Song. If I see them, I'll definitely give a shout out like five minutes here. All right. 
So for now, enjoy. Take care. I'm going to go punch my heater because I turned on and it's, it's, it's too hot in here. I have a god-awful heater. Farewell.